You're listening to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin, powered by Bowl TV. I'm ready. You're ready. Now, let's get out of range. This is your lovable league bowling toe, Steve Freeland, and I love listening to Derek and Tony on the Out of Range Podcast. Don't sell yourself short, McFadden. You're a tremendous slouch. Matt, uh, it's starting to feel like all of our little intro helper guys just love to take shots of you. What, uh, what, do, you, what do you think that is? I can't help it that they don't like the flavor. That's all I got to say. Jeez. <laughs> oh, 92%. I don't know yeah. what that means. I don't know what that means. Oh, come on, Tony. Tony. Tony's never seen that movie, Matt. Come on, let's go. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, dude, you've never seen Can't Hardly Wait? I don't know that I've seen that. Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was probably in my dark years. <laughs> I don't think Seth don't Green. Think was... Seth Green. This was Seth Green post Austin Powers. Scott Evo. <laughs> was that post or pre, Matt? Ah, <laughs> uh, good. I don't know, Derek. It might be worth a Google there. Uh, I think that's, maybe I check think out free. Seth Seth Green's uh, videog or uh, filmography timeline. I mean, Who knows? What was his name? What was his name and can't hardly wait? Uh, Kenny. Kenny. That's right. Yeah, he was basically uh, just a uh, white guy who's, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure the, the great way to explain it, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the eligible I, bachelor. Yeah. I think I figured yeah. it out. This is a good time. We need Green in here with his IMDB knowledge to kind of just explain this for me. I'm fairly certain that Chris Green is a programmer for IMDb.com strictly because of all of the stupid knowledge that he has in his brain about movies. So stupid. So stupid. But he's a heck of a good party favor. I mean, if you're at a party and you guys are going to do some stupid movie trivia, he's your guy. He's the number one draft pick all day, every day. The crazy thing, the crazy thing is that at work, everybody gives me crap for all of my stupid movie knowledge and quotes. But I told him and I keep telling him, I'm like, man, guys, I got this buddy named Chris Green who would if you think I'm good, I mean, multiply it by about a thousand percent. And then you got my buddy, Chris. So that's, he, where I, he, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, yeah, you he, got a guy I got no matter what. I got a guy who you can pull in to dominate that game. Yeah, he single-handedly uh, demolished my family at Christmas a few years ago. <laughs> we played Trivial Pursuit Movie Edition. It wasn't even fair. But, you know, here's the thing about Green. You know, he's very confident about his knowledge, though. In yeah. fact, I think that's the most confident that he is about anything, is his knowledge about movies and the fact that he knows he's going to steamroll you. Yeah. That it's kinda, simple math. I kinda, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, but but I'm glad we got a guy. Just in case we get into a real tug of war on this deal, we got a guy. It's all deadly. It's all about networking these days. It's all about networking. All right. So uh, anyway, episode eight for the Out of Range podcast, and this is what we've got for you guys today. Uh, we've got the PWBA Week in Review. We've got Jive talking with Matt. Our top ten list, first edition. We're going to review the USBC Senior Masters and. Who doesn't like a little bit of gamble action? We've got Matt's lock of the week. And we're going to finish up today with uh, Idiots in the News. 
But before that, uh, I just want to say I hope everyone enjoyed last week's interview with Nick Hoagland or Hoagland, as Matt calls him. Uh, man, I just found that incredibly interesting. Uh, just the detail on the thought process that you know that that he goes through for the lane conditions, man. But specifically the USBC tournaments, uh, which includes the, the PWBA tour, just fantastic, just awesome stuff. Uh, I really appreciate having him on. Heard lots of feedback from some folks that I know that, uh, you know, they just felt a little bit smarter because of Nick. So, Nick, thank you very much on that. I'm going to be honest, though. Uh, I felt dumber because of him, strictly because I, I'm, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone noticed last week. I like to talk on the podcast, but when, uh, when Nick was rolling, I, I I'm gonna I, I stood out of that. I, I stepped out there for a second. I was like, man, this seems to be a little bit over my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna know my role and 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 step back for a second. Yeah, I definitely noticed that you uh, took a pass on most of those topics, and that's fine. Everyone has their. Guys- yeah, I'm gonna let you guys handle that. Matt, your pass was you were downloading all the lane graphs that he'd laid out the last three years and started to study them. Uh, yeah dude listen if it's not cheetah then i really don't care so <laughs> cheetah. well cheetah well all right our first segment for the week is a pwba weekend review straight out of the greater tucson open coming up next Gentlemen, I mean, I use that term loosely. We have our first two-time titleist of the 2019 PWBA season, Miss Shannon O'Keefe. Man, she's really heating up. Title number two, uh, first the Twin Cities Open in Minnesota, and now the uh, Tucson or Tucson, as we like to call it, Open. Tucson, Tucson. God, I hate it when Derek steals my spot, my lines. I was gonna drop the Tucson. Hey, he stole it from me. Don't don't give me the segment if you don't want me to rob your stuff. Uh, you got it. You got the segment. So, so the in, the, hold on. <laughs> the intro music was that the That's right. The I old mean, NBA on NBC. <laughs> oh man, that it's like Christmas morning music or Christmas afternoon, right? When they get all the NBA games on. I mean, the only thing we're missing is Marv Albert. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pippin to Jordan for three. Yes. Why do you? Why do you always use Chicago Bulls players? I mean, could it not be New York Knicks players? Oakley uh, sure. out to Starks. Starks head fake for three. <laughs> yes. You forgot about Patrick Ewing and Allen Houston. Oh, all right. I just want one time someone to mention Thunder Dan. Would that be? Oh, thank you, you guys, ooh. to mention Thunder Dan. I Dan love majorly. Dan not majorly. Marley, majorly. Thunder Dan. Yeah, and dude. I'm- he. And he hold on one threes. second. He he sure did. But let's later in this podcast, I think we're going to talk just a little bit about Dan Majorly because on a specific <laughs> game, he was so much better than he was in real life. And I I've, I've recently been a controller of the Barkley to Dan Majorly. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. D Hart, go right ahead. We'll get to this later. Go right oh, ahead. God. Now you're now you're really prepping me for something. I know. I play no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Shannon O'Keefe, uh, title number two on the season. She seems to really be finding her groove. Uh, she's leading the Player of the Year standings again. Earnings. 
uh, and she's just a slight smidge behind Celine Jane and Average uh, through just a, a short six tournaments. So I'm really kind of excited to see where everything uh, plays out. She seems to be the front runner again. Uh, I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's really it's really her race to lose at this point. What do you guys think? Yeah, and, and uh, she mentioned that too uh, in her post game or post tournament uh, interview that you know, hey, it's it's too early. You know, we're still we're still bowling a lot of bowling left. Three majors left, which is true, but uh, two quick titles, man, two out of six. And again, not not a single one of us had her picked as player of the year or winning any of the majors. I mean, what were we thinking? That makes us look really smart, right? I think we just looked at the standings and saw that her name was bolded in every category and just forgot that she was there. That's probably, it like was, we thought it, it was, was a headline. Hey, it was too easy, right? You know, when we, and we'll talk gambling later, but you know when those lines look fishy and it's like, man, I, I know I should play that, <laughs> but I'm going to play the opposite. I think that's where my mind was at, right? The yeah. minus 180 just looked like too good to be true. And <laughs> Shannon was the minus 180. But listen, she's won two titles, but I guarantee you she wants a major this year to top that off, right? Oh, for sure. sure. Who doesn't? So uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, you happen to see this, but there was another storyline from that show in the first match. Liz Culkin fired the uh, front 11, 299 against uh, Daniel McEwen. Uh, and I'll tell you guys, when I watched that match, there was not one single shot that she didn't have that was a no-doubter. I mean, 10 back every shot. Uh, she ended up leaving a nine pin, which creeped a little high in the 12th ball, but still a great match. Uh, but Daniel McEwen, same thing. They both started with the uh, the front five, I believe, uh, and then Daniel McEwen left a solid eight, uh, not to be outdone by Liz. But uh, it's crazy. I mean, the the scoring pace was higher. All the ladies on the show had an unbelievable ball reaction. So Maria, a little bit left of the other three players, was kind of uh, pitching it to the gutter, and you just see the ball crawl back to the pocket. It didn't matter, uh, which was really great. I, I really loved seeing that. What did you I guys the, think? I love the strikes. You know, I want I want a little bit softer condition, man. I want to see the strikes, and they're putting it out there. So we're going to talk average here in a few minutes. But, uh, but yeah, I just love seeing the scores. Uh, Danielle McEwen, thank you very much. Her second show of the year as well. So uh, that's my bragging. favorite. I mean, I'm just trying to stay in the game right now, brother. Two shows for her. All right. All right. Hey, hey, Matt, real quick. D-Hart, so D-Hart, they were, they were definitely crushing racks on the show. So you're saying if you were the uh, mechanic in the back, you didn't want to be behind that pair because bullet no. pens are going to be flying out of the machine. Honestly, the strikes were happening so fast that I was just going to make sure that the pins were getting to the pin setter, so they weren't, weren't <laughs> so what, waiting on the rack. So he might have had to, he might have had to dump an extra set of ten in there, so he'd have thirty pins in each machine. One hundred percent, yo. All right, uh, Matt. Real quick, uh, you know Tony talks about Daniel McEwen, and we know he's got her in his bets. Uh, but do you know who paid me last week, or actually, like three days ago? Who paid you, Tony? He finally paid up on his queen's bet. So look, you guys, you always bust my chops about paying you, and I paid you first. Well, I mean, can you get after Tony? I mean, it sounds it like what you're doing. No, 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 no. It sounds like what you're doing right now is you're congratulating him. Like, like, oh, great job, Tony. I mean, let's get get aggressive out there like you do with me, dude. You know, well, I, I mean, con- congratulating him, him on a public forum is kind of like just selling him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we know, know that we we know that 
we know that Tony can go to Shreveport and gamble and do all these other things, but he can't pay his friends twenty dollars on a dude can't on, send on a anyone bet. twenty twenty buck. Thank God for modern technology. I was able to send it to him via the miracle of the internet. I was just gonna say we could <laughs> eventually we could, at, we could be at the judges game and the big bet's twenty dollars and he's gonna have yeah. to virtually pay everybody. Don't worry, he'll just read you blind. So uh, I'm not reading anybody blind right now. I'm doing the cards thing. don't even the cards don't even matter. So uh, you know we we talked about the show and stuff, but there was some uh, some other notable things that I started to look at. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, rookie update. So we've got four rookies uh, that are are kind of setting themselves uh, above the rest. We've got Jasmine Mason, Caroline Lagrange, Matt. Uh, you've got some uh, some investments in her, Julia Bond, and Stephanie Schwartz. So the interesting dilemma here is that they're all within about two to three thousand points for the the uh, rookie of the year, and uh, Lagrange leads an average by more than six pins. Which I thought was which wow. was crazy. And Stephanie Schwartz, who's in fourth in the rankings, has the most caches, which is not very common to see. And then oh, uh, Jasmine Mason has the highest points, which I think is the reason uh, or the reason behind that is her queen's finish. I think she finished in the top sixteen, whereas the others uh, didn't finish that high. So what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Do you guys have a uh, a pick there? Have you guys seen all of the uh, the girls bowl? Yeah, yeah I, I, I was able to catch him at the Queens, and and obviously, uh, you know, I'm looking for Caroline to make that show. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be nice in my favor. Uh, that'll be Tony uh, Venmoing me a little bit of cash, so I'm I'm still pulling for that one. <laughs> well, I'm just again happy to see the rookies. The newbies on the tour having good success. I mean, that's what we've got to have. We've got to have conditions where they can be successful. The fact that all four of those uh, have had good success already, that excites me. I love seeing that. Uh, Jasmine Mason, man, she did bowl fantastic at the Queens. Seems like we've been seeing LaGrange's name every single week. So uh, really excited by that. We've got to have new, got to have some new blood in there. Yeah. And so, you know, to kind of uh, parlay on that, some things that I also noticed was some notable players that haven't made a show yet. Uh, three being Diana Zabulova, Daria Pyuk, and Kelly Kulik. I mean, they all made shows last season, two of which made multiple shows, and none of them have made a show so far. What do you guys think is going on in their camps? And that's surprising, isn't it? I mean, Kulik finished so strong, and I still think she's – you know, second or third greatest female bowler of all time. Uh, Diana, all she does is bowl, think about bowling, execute at bowling. I think, I think Diana is the most su- surprising one to me because uh, I think the power players have had some good weeks, but she hasn't had many good weeks yet. So that's really surprising. And until you said that I had no idea that she hadn't made a show yet. The the thing that stands out to me is Diana, in my mind, is like one of the most versatile players out there, and she's she doesn't really have a, a bad game. Like she can do it all really really well at a high level. Uh, that's surprising to me too. I, I didn't really notice that until I started digging into the stats. Um, so I, I wouldn't venture to guess that she's going to make at least a couple of shows this year and probably a title. So so we're about uh, I would say not quite but close to halfway through the season, right? So I would look for one of those ladies 
to come on here at the mid mid season and finish with a fury um, either. It could yes. be, it could be one of all three of them. Right. But we can't yes. count. We cannot count them out. Right. Because we're not even halfway through the season yet. Right. I agree. All right. So the last thing guys, and I got to ask you without looking at the stats, could you guys name or take a guess at the leading money earner to this point without a title? Oh man. Uh, leading leading money winner would would it be Clara Guerrero? Tony, any guesses? I think Clara's a great guess because uh she got second in the Queens, right? Yep. Uh but gosh, she got third is, third in the Queens. Third in the Queens, okay. So Gosh, that's going to be a tough one because it could definitely be Sin Lee because she got second for, for nine grand. Just give me give me Sin Lee Jane. Okay. Matt, if you Googled it, I'm going to punch no, you. No, I, I, I don't even know how to Google anything. So, no, I literally, I literally, that was a strict guess. It had to be a lady who was on the Queen show, right, because that's the biggest payout we've had so far. And I'm using some of, some of my deductive reasoning. I know you guys don't think I have any of that, but uh, that was a strict guess. Yeah, you, well, can, you, were... you, you can check my bookmarks on my uh, <laughs> on my page right now. No, yeah. do not check his browser history. Do not check his browser <laughs> yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is my work computer. So oh, okay, okay. It's all clean. Yeah, okay. All, all right. clean. Okay. All clean. Yeah, so it is, uh, it is Clara Guerrero. I believe she's made $12,500 so far without a title. Um, so that it just leads me to my last question, and I think this is another uh, wagering point. But do you guys want to bet on who we think will be the leading money earner without a title at the end of the year? Mm. All right. All right. And, I mean, if, we, you guys, if you guys want to step it up another notch, we can guess the closest dollar amount without going God, over. I feel like I feel like Drew Carey or Bob Barker should be handling this portion of the segment. Like, I'm going to take a dollar. The problem is, is we don't have the showcase showdown at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, he was humming the theme song there. That was me. That was me. You're welcome. And first off, I'd I'd like to correct you there. That was not, nowhere near what the Price is Right theme song no, is. No, but it was one you of were, those. That was games. that was the pyramid game, the ten thousand no, dollar pyramid. Yeah, that was that definitely pyramid. I might have done that. Might have been the dating game. You don't know. Shut up, Matt. Matt <laughs> McFadden, right. come on down. You're the next right. contestant on the Price is Right. Matt, since you guessed right, I'm gonna give you the first vote. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm right. I know my game show theme songs, guys. No, what not, you that. Think? What? not that. Not oh. that. The bet. The bet. Oh, cool. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Tony, he was not using deductive reasoning on that last answer. That's only because he can't spell deductive reasoning. But, but that's... <laughs> P-H-D-E-D-U-C-T-I-V-E. Yeah, word. Deductive. All right, uh, Matt, with the first draft pick. This is tough. Um... I've already written mine it's down. Gonna be, I, I, it's got to be somebody who's not going to win a title that I think's not going to win a title. Tony, side action that Matt names a title winner. <laughs> That's already won. <laughs> I think um, I know exactly what Matt's going to do. I'm going to stick with. I, yeah. I love I love Clara to death. Yeah. Right. And she's a, a close friend. And but just to say that it's already in a good boat, and I got the first round draft pick. I'm just going to stay with Clara. Clara, yeah. don't listen to what I just said. Yeah, 
Clara, go ahead and win that title. It's fine. I went <laughs> yeah, ahead and so I lose another I went, 20 to you guys. Yeah, yeah I, I went ahead and wrote that down about 10 minutes ago uh, that you're going to take Clara because you're in the lead. You're If you're in the lead, you're going to stay your front runner, baby. So it's a smart right. pick. It was. Anyway, Clara, you go out there and get that W. We know you're going to do it. Um, <laughs> She's probably going to win the U.S. Open. I hope so. I hope she, <laughs> wait, I hope she, wait, she wins this week and you can just Venmo $10 to each of us. We're split. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. I hate to do this, but I'm gonna take Kelly Kulik. I apologize, nice. Kelly. Nice. D Hart. Ah, uh, man, this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh... Man, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with Danielle McEwen. I, that's funny. Oh. I wrote that down too for you. I I might have should have done that just to hedge my bet a little bit. Player of the year versus that, but okay. All right, so that bet is Clara, Kelly, and Danielle. All Let right. it be written. Well, it sounds like somebody typed that in right there. All right, so uh, <laughs> one thing I do want to talk about. So uh, our main man and friend of the show, Nick Hoagland, uh, in all of his greatness and wisdom, does chart each of the tournaments uh, this year, last year, and every year. Uh, statistically documents everything that happens. So uh, I asked him, I said, man, do you have any of the stats on averages and stuff? Cause I'm very curious to see how this year compares to last year. So as far as we'll just kind of go down the line. So through six tournaments, uh, qualifying leader, 2019 versus 18, uh, 227.2 versus 225.5. So in 2019 qualifying uh, leaders are averaging a little bit more. Uh, as far as the qualifying cut, a little bit less, 204.7 to 205.4. And if you just take the in the qualifying rounds, the top 50% of the field uh, in 2019 is averaging 201.2 versus 200.6. So pretty tight. He also tracks kind of the power players and tweeners and straight players. But I'll leave all that to the side because, you know, that's a little bit more uh, subjective, but what do you guys think about uh, just the fact that qualifying leader is averaging a pretty significant amount more, but to make the cut, it's you know half a half a pin less. Uh, that seems like a lot of numbers. <laughs> What's with all the numbers? <laughs> yeah, well, one other cool, pretty cool thing though, they uh, he he tracks um, on the patterns from a ratio perspective. Uh, which again, Matt, you and I've already said we don't really understand much about the. Uh, What's a ratio? ratio? Do you know? Can you? Can someone explain to me what a ratio is? We'll, we'll have Nick back on. He can run all through that. But from yeah. a ratio perspective, they've actually been a little bit harder in 2019 versus 18. But the overall, if you take again the top 50 percent of all the qualifying uh, rounds, it's just a little bit higher. So even though they're more, the lanes are theoretically more difficult the players are bowling a little bit better discuss. I think, uh, I think that has a lot to do with uh, the knowledge base that these, uh, these ladies are gathering. So I think part of that is all the girls playing the same part of the lane. So, you you know, you talk about people playing the same part of the lane, the lanes break down a little bit more evenly. Uh, When you transfer from one lane to another after a game, there's probably not as much transition as they've probably seen in years past. Uh, just my hypothetical thought on that. I think I think another thing that might 
play in here too is I'm gonna I'm gonna harken back to uh, Aaron McCarthy talking a little bit about how all of the ball reps and the bowling ball teams they all play together, right? And they all come up with game plans. I think having the ball reps out there um, and looking ahead on pairs and giving a lot of these players insight throughout the tournament is probably going to help them a little bit too, right? Yeah. How about um, how about new centers too? I mean, we've got a couple of new centers in the first six this year. I mean, North yeah. Rock North Rock wasn't one of them, and then Tucson was new too, and that was probably one of the higher scoring tournaments. Actually, guys, actually, Tucson Golden Pins. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever bowled there. Tony, did you bowl there whenever you were on tour? Nope, not one time. Yeah. So my buddy Nick Vaughn. Obviously, we talked about him, but he's from that's his home center, and he he told me he's like Matt. You're going to kill this place. You can't throw it in the gutter there. And he was right. I mean, that's probably one of the easiest bowling centers I've ever bowled in in my life. So don't discredit the the talent out there, Matt. I'm not. I'm just saying you just mentioned bowling centers right there. So some bowling centers have a tendency to no matter what you put out there scores. It doesn't matter. Sure. I was just talking different surfaces from last year. That could be one of the, the anomalies in the in the numbers. Yep. And, you know, uh, so for Golden Pin, it's kind of right in the middle of the six weeks from an average standpoint all across the board. So a qualifying leader average 224.5. So, again, kind of right in the middle. Yeah, I definitely think it comes down to the fact that knowledge, practice, experience, all those things make uh, make everybody better. The fact that they post the patterns, you get experience, you work as a team You've got ball reps that are helping. I would expect that the averages to go up, even if they're a little bit tougher. I like to think I'm getting a little bit smarter. I'm probably not, but I'd like to think I am. Well, no, you're not. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of ball reps, I mean, I hope we – I know we've talked about this, and I think it's in the plan for some future future episodes to have some of, some of the gentlemen who are helping the ladies out on tour yeah. with the different ball companies and kind of get some insight, like we did from Nick. Uh, it's just going to be a different insight, right? It's going to be yeah. the ball rep perspective. I think those guys picking those guys' brains a little bit probably could be some fun conversation. I thought for a second you were going to talk about your personal ball rep, Stu Williams. How he, <laughs> we how don't he need to backtrack. Listen, oh. listen. I've only got repped one time in my life, and we don't need to backtrack. But if we ever yeah. get a chance to have the one Stuart Williams on, maybe we talk about that. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love to talk about the nine frames he spent in his life repping you. God. I mean, some of the greatest moments of his life. He's going to put that on his resume for sure. <laughs> What'd you shoot that game? I shot my highest game of the tournament that game, and it was like two teen, I think. Stu yeah. Williams, you're the greatest ever. All Thanks, right, uh, next up, uh, we're going to get Jive talking with Matt. We'll be right back. All right, guys. So uh, I know you love some stupid Matt stories. So uh, I, I have to, I have to, I have to go to this story. Last weekend, um, my wife sent me on an ice cream run, and so you know we have a place here in Derby, uh, Derby, Kansas. That is, and uh, we, we just got it. I say we just got it. It's probably been here about six or eight months. It's it's rolled ice cream. Have you guys ever experienced this? I, I don't have. know much about it. Yeah, so basically it's called Eight Below, um, and it, it's it's the basic rolled ice cream uh, store where you have the the frozen 
little frozen areas where they basically concoct your ice cream for you. They mix all the um, toppings in together. They chop it all up, and then they wait for it to freeze on this on this plate. Uh, and then they roll it, scrape it, mix it, scrape it, mix it, roll it up, and then they and they put it in a little cup for you. There's all kinds of different things you can order. Right, my wife's a fan of the mango tango. I'm more of a basic. <laughs> I'm more of a basic cookies and cream kind of guy. So, oh man, um, that's my favorite flavor. Uh, good, good. Oh. I mean, I love some Oreo Blizzard. Uh, but so we go down. Ashley's like, "Hey, go get me some ice cream." So I run down. Um, this is a Sunday evening. Go to Eight Below. I walk in, and it. So it takes a while for for the. Usually, it's kids that are that are working here, right? Uh, high schoolers. It takes probably about five to ten minutes, maybe eight minutes or so to prepare each ice cream order. The place is dead. I pull in the parking lot. I'm like, great. I'm going to order these, get back home. It's going to be awesome. Um, I get into the store and there's one guy in front of me. Right. And, and I notice that he has a piece of paper, notebook paper in his hand. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. So sure enough, what's this guy (laughs) do? He's ordering for the whole Brady bunch. He's ordering for his whole family. He orders six, ice creams in front of me right i'm like i'm sitting here and i'm thinking oh my god dude this is going to be 40 minutes just for him to make this guy's order then he's got to make my order because there's only one kid back there working and this kid's hustling he's got a great attitude um so i decide hey i'm like i'm gonna run get the car washed run to the bank and then i'll come back uh and and hopefully he'll be working on my ice cream so off I go, do all that stuff, come back, perfect timing. The kid is actually ahead of schedule, um, and he's probably he's probably starting on my ice cream after about 20, 25 minutes. So I walk in, he rips my cookies and cream, uh, he, he grabs Ashley's Mango Tango, and I'm out to the car. Uh, I set Ashley's Mango Tango on top of the car and uh, proceed to open the door, reach back up to grab hers, and what do I do, of course? I drop her ice cream on the ground that I've waited for 25 minutes for, and I walk back in, and kid basically, hey, look, man, uh, I'm an idiot. I dropped the ice cream on the ground. He saw me. I, I'm fairly certain, and uh, he's like, hey, hey, look, I'm going to help you out. Uh, I'm going to make you a new ice cream. This kid was super awesome. Customer service was great. In fact, I ended up emailing his boss, and I put 10 bucks in his tip jar um, <laughs> for doing that because I felt like an idiot, right? So he, he whips up another mango tango. I head out to the car. This time I put her mango tango in the seat and the cup holder. Um, and then I have mine in my left hand. But as I reach over to go get my seatbelt while I'm in the car, I knock my ice cream out of my hand onto the floorboard of the driver's seat. So, or the driver's side. <laughs> Jesus. So both ice creams bite the dust. At this point, I'm not going back in to get my new ice cream. I salvaged it to a certain extent, but... I come home and I and I have this like stupid look on my face like I, I'm, I'm kind of half mad half not but like what the hell was that all about and I sat down and had to basically tell Ashley the story but not exactly the way I wanted the ice cream ice cream trip to go from that side so I don't know if you guys can relate to that you're probably not as clumsy as I am but dude that was terrible sounds like you need to try out for the Cowboys and holding field goal kicks. God, we're bringing up stuff from 10 Look, years dude. ago. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. God. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Matt, were you surprised at any point during the dumpage that that happened or was like, yep, <laughs> saw that coming? Uh, yep. You know, the, the, 
I think the second one where I kind of knocked it out of my hand, you know, that happens. But the I I know this sounds crazy. I told myself walking out the door, you know, it would be a travesty if you drop one of these ice creams onto this pavement. And what happens? I drop one of the ice creams on the pavement. I mean, it just – that's how – you guys don't know what it's like, I guess, but that's just yeah. sometimes that's the stuff that I have to deal with inwardly uh, from my side. So, you know, I'll continue to deal with that and suffer through those uh, those things and, and make my way through life. But that that one, that one really cracked me. Up. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's funny. This is very topical for me because as soon as we're done with this podcast, I think G and I are going to go down to Brahms and and rip some some ice cream. Tori's out of town for uh, for the month of June as part of her little summer vacation. She goes to Iowa for a month, and uh, it's basically just ice cream Sundays three days a week. <laughs> now I'm nervous. I'm like, God, I'm going to have so, to eat it premises because I can me, dump that. Let me say this. Uh, you guys are in Frisco, Texas. I Correct. mean, there's tons of phenomenal places to eat around there. You're going yeah. to Brahms? Dude, you got to mix it up. Sometimes yeah, I mean, go. Sometimes I'm not saying. Listen, I, I'm I'm all good with Brahms, and I think it's good. But there has to be some delectable dish places around there for ice cream, right? I mean, you guys are just slumming it and going to Brahms. Not necessarily slumming it. They have good ice cream. Sometimes I don't like the ice cream, and I need some froyo. Yeah. Sometimes I, mean, I need. Some, oh, I'm out I'm, on that this, stuff, dude. Matt Matt can't Matt can't go to an ice cream place and spend a dollar ninety nine for a cone of twist ice cream. <laughs> He's got to go and get twelve dollars at this no. below. Except Dude, listen, he, except hey, he whoa, whoa. dumped forty five dollars there, Dr. <laughs> and he so gave ten to and he gave ten to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Derek, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up here just a second, Dude, I grew up in the South and I grew up with the the, the dip cone. Hell the yeah. chocolate dip cone. I mean, come on, dude. Dairy Queen is all we had in North Carolina in dude, the backwoods. So Dairy cent. Queen was a treat. Dairy Queen was a treat for me. It's all about the 50-cent dilly bars from Dairy Queen. <laughs> you are a dilly bar. Dairy Queen, Texas stop sign. Check it out. It's true. <laughs> Ace Man loves a Texas stop sign. All right. Well, uh, what I would have really liked from that is a picture. And if we had a picture... We could have posted it on our Facebook page, and that's the next thing I want to talk to you guys about is starting this week, I want all of our listeners to go out and check out the Out of Range, Out of Range, Out of Range podcast Facebook page uh, that we've got up and running. Uh, you're going to see even more content, hopefully the occasional picture of Matt and his fails, ice cream fails. Bowling fails, whatever. Most fails. definitely. <laughs> so, so for the record, I'd just like to state, folks, uh, don't go to the Out of Rounds podcast page on Facebook. It's R-A-N-G-E. Yeah, that one's not going <laughs> to look out good for you. But Out of Range, dynamite. So anyway, uh, make sure you guys check that out. Get out there. Join us up. Uh, and then, of course, we will have our discount code posted out, out there, which is uh, Out of Range 10. So our Out of Range 10 discount code is going to get all your friends and family uh, that are going to join into Bowl TV an extra 10% off of their first month subscription or an annual subscription. So feel free to get out there and get that. Let's get some more people signed up and checking out our content. Next up is going to definitely be the highlight of our podcast today. It's our top 10 list coming up next. Yeah.
video game sounds just drive me crazy. I love them all so much. Thank God for DJ D Hart for always finding that stuff. So if you couldn't tell, our top 10 list today is going to be top 10 video games of the Outer Range Crew's lifetime. So without further ado, let's get down to business. Each person will represent their own personal game that they have submitted and they have been ranked and it is in stone, cannot be changed ever. So in 10th place, drum roll, please. It is going to be the Tecmo Super Bowl game. Tecmo, Tecmo Super Bowl. So I, I will be the first to tell you that I do not currently play the video games of, of today's age, strictly because uh, there's more buttons and triggers than I have fingers. So that's where I kind of I, I kind of cut that off. But I spent <laughs> I spent a lot of time playing Tecmo Super Bowl. So it's the second version. Obviously, the the initial game was Tecmo Bowl. Um, they took it a, one step further uh, for Nintendo, the Nintendo system for Tecmo Super Bowl. This is the game where you basically could start to save seasons. So you could play a game. You could play an entire season. You get into the playoffs. You play through the playoffs and work your way to the Super Bowl. Um, you could save your seasons and save your games and not have to leave your Nintendo on all day long and come back to it after school the next day. So I thought that was super cool. The players, they extended all, you had all of the teams represented in the NFL as opposed to the initial version of tech mobile where there was only like <laughs> eight, eight teams. And I'm like, that's, that was trash. Right. So, but I mean, I literally played that game until my, my thumbs bled. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, season upon season upon season. Did I play Bubby Brister in the Steelers? Did I play John Elway in the Broncos? You bet. I mean, great game. Absolutely loved it. You know, and I think that's the thing we definitely need to stress in this. Uh, you mentioned that you were pretty solid at this game. And if it's going to make the top 10 list, it should be a game that we're all pretty good at, right? Oh, I mean, I'll, t I'll bring, bring on any newcomers I'll, I'll battle anyone in this game and, and I'm going to take a little bit of I'm going to take offense to this game being I did for the record D Hart and I did not rank this list our fearless leader Tony ranked the list I don't recall that uh, I thought it, we all had input we know we had input but you ranked the list one to ten right I gave you my three teams or three games yeah and you rank them in the list ten to one I'm just sure. I'm taking offense sure. that Tecmo Super Bowl was number ten yeah, sure, but yeah. I mean this. These are this is an easy this is an easy ranking. I didn't do anything special. I did what any other human would do and ranked him one to ten. I you would have done it the exact same way, Matt. Tecmo true. I wouldn't true. have put Tecmo Super Bowl at the bottom on this list. Well, of course you wouldn't. But the real the real answer here is that we only have three and Tony has four. That yeah. should tell you enough. That's right. A, re uh, a real leader would have said, "Pick your top three and then give me a fourth, and we'll rank those fourth and put that one in as the tenth. Yeah. Couple things. First off, I didn't so know you selfish. noticed that. I didn't so know you noticed selfish. that. Well, I, I know that three plus three is six, and ten minus six is four. That only leaves you, my friend. Keep forgetting how smart you guys are. Uh, second of all, uh, it is my name on the podcast. So again, thanks for joining in today. All right, number nine. Number nine is uh, a game that has a lot of meaning in my life, and that would be Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong, great game. Donkey Kong Jr., an even better game. Donkey Kong Jr. is incredibly difficult. Have either of you guys played Donkey Kong Jr.? Yes. Right. No, I have not. Was this on the... What system was this on? Stand-up game, dude. Yeah, stand-up. No, you're talking arcade. All right. Okay, you, yeah. You had this in your, in your loft, did you not? No, I did not. 
I did not. But the reason why this game is uh, near and dear to my heart is it was one of the games that was at Loma Vista Lanes in Kansas City, Missouri, where I bowled league at as a youth <laughs> bowler back in the late 70s and early 80s. Well, accidentally one day, I put in a nickel instead of a quarter into Donkey Kong Jr. And guess what? It took it. <laughs> it took that nickel. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, something. That's right. Now, it doesn't take a nickel every time, but if you just keep putting in, it will accept it. So <laughs> I never like, had that happen yeah, to me before. I was like, what? This takes a nickel? So now I'm like, I can play this game five times per one time I could have played any other game. So then I'm like, do all of these games take a nickel? So uh, there were several other games there at Loma Vista Lanes. God bless its soul. Uh, Popeye. Do you guys ever play Popeye? Oh, yeah. Terrible game, right? That's where the heart. Absolutely. Gotta... Absolutely terrible. Yeah. But it also took a nickel. <laughs> well, it needed it needed to because nobody That's was playing right. the damn That's thing. That's right. All right, so I got I got to say something. It sounds like the games that Tony have put in the top ten for him are all the games that take nickels. Uh, I didn't say Popeye was in here, Chief. Uh, you did. You said all multiple games though. We haven't yeah. gotten to the rest of yours. That's true. They could all take it, but God. all I'm saying number, right now is these two do. Number one's got to be the one that took pennies, right? Pennies. I mean, who doesn't pay- love a pen? Who doesn't love a penny slot? Probably <laughs> took a peso. Uh, but Donkey Kong Jr. Really difficult game but it takes nickels. So then of course, the next question you have to ask yourself is does every donkey Kong jr. Game take a nickel or just this one at this place. So I would tell you this, take a nickel to every single donkey Kong jr. Game you ever see the rest of your life, put it in a few times. I guarantee it'll take the nickel. I've tested that for the last 35 years and it still takes the nickel. Can you so believe doesn't, that? Doesn't Kelly Ray? Maybe we need to bring Kelly Ray on and, and investigate this, right? Doesn't he? Uh, doesn't he have a bunch of like yeah, pinball machines and arcade games? He, he does, man. But I don't want anybody to break the code on this. I still want to play five right. from Donkey Kong Junior. because this is a tough game. God, I never could master knows. that game. But I'm still. I've honestly just blown away with the fact that it doesn't matter what Donkey Kong Junior. game you put it into. It's going to take that nickel. So quick question, Tony. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr., the son of Donkey Kong, correct? True. All right. Tough just game. Looking for, just looking for some clarification there. All right. Well, I, I, don't like you, I don't like the attitude I'm getting from you guys. That's why I'm going to move <laughs> number eight. Number eight, the top ten list of all-time video games. Matt, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. What say ye? I do love the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So uh, I'm, I'm sensing a pattern here i i'm a lot of my games were uh, nintendo based or home system based uh, and i'm sensing some of the games that you guys have selected were arcade version but neither here nor there so uh, mike tyson's punch out uh, probably one of the more difficult games uh from from the games that i played growing up and i don't know if you guys have you guys played mike tyson's punch out yeah yeah definitely Okay, um, so the thing I the thing I loved about this game are the characters, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, we have Glass Joe, we have the Great Tiger, we have King Hippo, we have Piston Honda, we have Bald Bull, aka Chris Green. The great thing I love about this game is that you can relate to one of the characters <laughs> on Mike Tyson's Punch Out, right? I don't care who you are in this world, 
<laughs> you can relate to one of the characters on Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Who am I? I'm Glass Joe. Glass I'm the guy Joe. in the very beginning who you basically beat in like a half a round. I'm gonna net label. I'm gonna let. So I want. I want everyone to go out. I want everyone to go out listening to this podcast, and I want you to Google or even play the game. I'm Glass Joe. Derek, you're Don Flamenco. All right. The cool thing about you is you show up twice in the game. You have to beat you twice. Tony is Mr. Oh. Sandman, in my opinion. Tony is Mr. Sandman. Very difficult beat. Um, but I have a story about the first time I'm battling through all of the players. I get to Mike Tyson <clears throat> for the very first time. My mom rings the doorbell and starts screaming that the groceries are here. She'd went grocery shopping. I was like, mom, mom, I just, I just reached Mike Tyson. She's like, I don't care if Mike Tyson's in the room playing the game with you. Come out here and help me get the groceries. So of course, you know, Tyson knocks me out in like 28 seconds. It was like the most nerve wracking 28 seconds of my life. I mean, he was very difficult. It took me forever to beat him, but one of the most challenging games, but my, probably my favorite old school Nintendo cartridge game ever. Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys, I got to witness Matt play this on the little recreation of the uh, regular Nintendo. And if, Matt's playing, it's one thing, but if you're playing, don't have Matt in the room because he's going to tell you how to play it anyway. Up, down, <laughs> left, right, B, A. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I couldn't watch it anymore. I had to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, dude, I'm not trying to make you look like an idiot, but I'm going to let you know that if the way to beat Bald Bull, <clears throat> when he makes the bull run at you, you got to gut punch him, dude. That's a secret. <laughs> if you haven't played the game, you're gonna, it's going to take a while for you to figure that out. Are when we sure bull, Matt? When he when he bull charges you, you got to gut punch him, dude, and that'll knock him down. Are we sure that Matt didn't create this game? Oh God, no. Well, wouldn't Glass Joe been like above Mike Tyson if he did? True yeah, story. True Glass story. Joe. But that's what I want to do. And and to be honest with you, I've been thinking like we should our next jerseys. We should all get a jersey of our character from Punch <laughs> Out on there. And that would be so awesome. I would rock a Glass Joe jersey. Every day, dude. Don Flamenco. Derek is totally Don <laughs> Flamenco from, from from Valencia, Spain. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to throw up. That's so good. All right. Uh, number seven is, uh, hey, Super Mario World. Derek, what you got? It's a me, Mario. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so I did not grow up in the... Uh, the blossoming prime of the regular Nintendo. So I had Super Nintendo and Super Mario World was probably one of the first games that I ever played. So near and dear to my heart. Uh, I mean, I spent hours playing this thing and uh, I, I don't really have a great story, but it's just uh, the first game I ever played. Man, it's a super fun game though. That's one of those that everybody's played for hours and you either play it straight up or you play it cheat code style. That's right. But which way did you play it? Uh, straight up, because I wasn't smart enough to play a cheat code. Straight up. <laughs> uh, get... So wait, 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 wait. We're talking cheat code. Do you guys? God, I mean, Derek, you probably weren't even born yet. Did you have the power glove for Nintendo? No. Not the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I'm an idiot. The Game Genie. I'm sorry. The Game Genie was the thing that you could put on your Nintendo cartridge, put it in, 
and it basically made the games easier. It allowed you to like have ultimate lives or not be knocked down if it was punch out or something like that. So I don't know if you guys ever, ever had the game genie. I mean, were you guys Nintendo or Sega people? Um, I hate to say this, man. I was an Atari guy, so I'm just a little too old for y'all. But Nintendo, <sighs> Nintendo enough, played Nintendo, but that was in my – I wasn't doing anything after high school. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's probably your college time frame because Nintendo yeah. was like elementary. Yeah. And, yeah. So. All right. Uh, D-Heart, that is such a great game, though. That's probably the most classic of all games. It was uh, his let- first it was his first. Hey, Super Mario. And luckily, <laughs> you've got a relative named Mario, which is also legit. That's right. That's Forgot right. about that, dude. That's great. That's my first Mario. Uh, your I first call Mario. Him, I, always, I always call Mario, your brother-in-law, I always call him Wario. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Yeah. That's dumb. All right. Yeah. Uh, number six. Uh, number six. Number- this is... Oh, do you have something else to add on? No, nope, nope. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, number six, man. This is, whew. Uh, it easily could have, it was a definite top five game. I don't know why I have it six, but I make the rules so I can do whatever. NFL Blitz. Yeah, dude. So this game, uh, first the stand-up edition. So there's a couple of different variations. You could just play the NFL Blitz, which most of the Bolinelli's had. But then there was a couple out there that had the NFL Blitz slash NHL hits. Uh, all the same premise, but basically it's just a, uh, a smaller version of the team. And, I mean, dude, after the whistle, drilling dudes, drive them into the pavement. Uh, you had, like, big head mode. I mean, all kinds of cool stuff that you could see there. But my favorite was just after the whistle, you could just go up and body slam one dude or fly an elbow off the top rope. I mean, it was just, it was just an integrative game where you could get you know, just r- with r- uh, rough with all the players. And it was super competitive. So if you had somebody that was really good at N- NFL Blitz and you were good as well, I mean, the game, would you would never score. The scoring never happened. Uh, that's a great segue. I was going to drop in that uh, couple of buddies. that We had one of these down at the Radigan Student Center uh, down at WSU during during college. So a couple of my buddies at the time, Doug and Jake, they used to every day. I mean, if I knew, I knew where to find them. They were at the NFL Blitz machine. I've never put one quarter in that machine in NFL Blitz in my entire life. All I would do was just go and watch them play against each other, and it was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was a battle royale. I mean, as soon as if you're on offense, as soon as you hike the ball, if you're, the ball's not coming out of your hand as soon as you catch it, you're sacked. I mean, that, that was <laughs> how true. that was how hard that game was because the dudes could jump literally from the line of scrimmage to 20 yards back. Hey, that's a sack lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great that's game. How, I have a good, that's how Maryland does it. I've got a good uh, NFL blitz story. So that game was super, super hot. Uh, it was out on, uh, I don't know if it was Nintendo at the time or Sega or whatever, but they had the, uh, you know, the, the home arcade version. So we were bowling regionals at the time. Uh, Dace man's dad had a one of those old school conversion vans, and I have no idea why he had an old school conversion van in the. We had one of those. It was great. Awesome, right? So it was me, Dace man, and Brian McClure. We were driving to Denver, Colorado, to bowl a regional, and we had Dace man's dad drive us so that we could hook up this game and play NFL Blitz nonstop. 
So Captain <laughs> Ron, that's Dace Man's dad, was Captain Ron. So we had him drive the whole way there as we just hammered NFL blitz in the back of the car. You know what, Dace Man? Rock solid. Pretty pretty damn tough to beat. He was a tough out at NFL Blitz. Dace Man's not a tough out at anything. NFL Blitz, pretty good, pretty good skill. Pretty good skill. I hear his golf game's pretty good, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good now, too. I've, you guys have mm. seen the other side of that coin, but uh, you know what? He's, he's pretty good at that, too, now. So, All right, so uh, here's the tease of the week. That's the bottom five of our top ten list. We're going to hold the top five until next week. So a lot of good names still left. Tune in next week to see what they all are. Next up, we've got the USBC Senior Masters Review, and our winner is going to be, wait for it, Beto Monticelli, coming up next. He's 57 years old. Dude looks like he's no more older than like 40, 38. We talked about that. That'll be another good top 10 list, but he was always kind of my favorite uh, bowler growing up, and he was the best. Just hooked it off the lane, looked cool, the two shoes. Man, he was awesome. Uh, so it's, it's pretty awesome to see him still out there dominating, and that's kind of the thing that really just is crazy about the seniors, right? They're, we think that, oh, the senior players, and once you get old, you can't get the job done, but whether or not they're seniors, it's the same Hall of Famers dominating these tournaments. That's right, man. It's crazy. It is. It is. You know, uh, however, Amleto did not beat a Hall of Famer, a fellow Hall of Famer for the title. He did beat Stoney Baker from Georgia, but Stoney's God, a... that's a great... Is that not the greatest name of all time? Stoney Baker from Georgia. Brewster Baker, this here's my six-pack. <laughs> so do you guys know Stoney? I do. I do. Yeah. So uh, I I did not know who this guy was until uh, one of the guys that I bowled in bowled in college with Jake Thompson is from Georgia. And uh, he, he told me about Stoney Baker. He's like, man, this guy wins everything. And, it, you know, if you're following the regionals back in the day, I mean, he won. It's like he won in the South region every weekend, dude. Oh, yeah. He's 31 regional titles. 31. I mean, he, he is abs- oh, absolutely legit. You know, he was bowling a bunch back when I was bowling, and I think he's 56, so he's no spring chicken uh, at, at this rate. But back then, when heck, when I was 30, he was 40, so just giving it to everybody back then. Fantastic bowler. Uh, so pretty cool to see him out there leading the tournament. Uh, but ultimately, he got taken down, which I was a little surprised to see a, a rule I did not know was in place. And that is for the senior masters. If you're the leader in a in the masters is a double elimination tournament. If you're the leader, obviously you have not lost a match yet. You've got to get beat twice to uh, to lose. So you know Amleto's got to Amleto climb the ladder, has to beat him twice, and does it. So why is the senior masters needs two times, but the regular masters doesn't? You know for the for the uh, step ladder. Just beat the leader one time. The Queens, regular Queens, just beat the leader one time. But the Senior Masters follows the old, old school rules of the Masters, which is you got to get beat twice. Did you guys know I that? I think it, yeah, I did not know that. But I think it's because those guys are so used to bowling. 
all the games, right? So it's great. Back in the 90s, what, they bowled like 900 qualifying games to get to the TV show if they made it <laughs> through match play and then made the show. It's like uh, Walter Ray averaged 226 this week. Uh, he had uh, 900 games in. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you think it's because of the, uh, you know, in the Queens and in the Masters, they've got that four-way match, the three for four, or four players for three spots? Do they do that in the, in the seniors, too? They do. They, they do. do. Okay. Yeah, so it was Stoney and Norm Duke were the, the winners of the winner's bracket, so they bowled each other for the top seed, and then the other uh, four dudes bowled for three spots to no. uh, make the show. Huh. So speaking of Duke, he had a pretty good match against the Tony Johnson guy, right? Man, tell, uh, he did tell okay me about it. there. What did he do there, man? Uh, I think it, I shot. he had the front 29 strikes <laughs> That's right. and shot 863. I mean, like, I, I would, I don't, I mean, my high series is like 830. I can't even fathom 860. I mean, like, it's, it's unbelievable. The guy, I, I really, I do love Norm. The guy is, I love those guys. We all grew up with Norm and Amleto and Voss. And, and it was nice to see Steve Hoskins in the tournament, you know, yes. like, I, I, I mean, yes. and he still throws it good. You know, I mean, I saw the video, uh, the video of him bowling. And so to me, I, it's awesome to see those guys still bowling. And I mean, they still got it. I mean, they, they still do. Yeah. It, and uh, 863. It's a lot. I mean, that, that's, that's a ton. So Tony Johnson's like, man, I, I bowled pretty good. I shot 765. You lost by 100. Yeah. And, you know, he shot. <laughs> it was the first game was 300 to 279. Wow. And then Norm just pile, just dog piles another three hundred on top of him. Crazy. I mean, it's pretty crazy. But you know, it, it, that's what kind of gets me excited as I get just a little bit older every year. Closing Ooh, in. Are you going to take a Are you going to take a run at that PBA fifty uh, action? No, but I will definitely bowl the Masters. Yeah, you got to one hundred. That's that's a tournament that I could compete in because they take sixty four and then you just bowl in a match. It's not like I got to try and beat Norm Duke every game or Pete Weber every game. You know, I couldn't do that. For the record, for the record, D Hart and I will be live podcasting if you ever oh, make a show. God. You know, oh, screw that, screw that. We're actually gonna when you bowl the senior masters, we're just gonna live podcast the whole weekend and follow you. And no, just I, let's, I, I think uh, Matt, you can podcast yourself. I'm gonna ball rep. God, ball rep, <laughs> rep me, and then let's just make sure we stay tight with Nick Hoagland. So just keep putting that china out there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's going to need like, some bump. I know. I need a little bit of hold, but I just give me some friction way down the lane, put it right at the scanner, and we're in the game, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I do appreciate the fact that they had some some room to miss, and they were throwing some scores out there. So that's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, great. I love all the names, just like you, man, man. I'd love to see Hoskins back out there bowling, but it's just like it ever was. Those great bowlers are still great at 50, 60, 70. Don't matter. Bowling is a game you can do and succeed at your whole life. Yeah, I mean, all we're missing is Ricky Ward from North Fort Myers, Florida. Let's get him back in there, dude. You just want to talk about all the places where people are from. No, no that's kidding. for another day. Jesus. It's for another day. It's for another day. All right. For today, we've got Matt's Lock of the Week. Don't miss this. Coming up next. All right, guys. So uh, 
love this segment and you guys give me a bunch of crap for this uh and and when people hear this if you know me they're gonna laugh but so we do have uh we do have matt's lock of the week it's it's several things actually uh we do have the u.s open at pebble beach coming up this weekend um i've got some got some plays for you uh things that we're, we're playing um and then also i want to i want to talk a little bit about uh the NBA Finals. We've got Game Six and Game Seven. Uh, first, I want to start with with and, Stanley. And Matt, Matt, before we get going, of course, this is you're just going to tell us what you like. This is for you know non wagering advice. This is just for this is just friends talking about stuff that they find enjoyable, right? Exactly. So yes. don't if you're yes. don't worry about the numbers that I spew yeah. out. But just uh, I mean, it's happen. We're all playing for the tournament points title. So that's right. Uh, so you know, my pick, Stanley Cup, Game Seven. Um, I've got a little action on the Bruins. I made a made a pre-playoff bet uh, on on the Boston Bruins. You can't go against the city of Boston. It's Game Seven. Actually, St. Louis should have wrapped this thing up in Game Six. But uh, I know the the Blues have been tough on the road. They have a better road record than they do at home. I'm sticking with the Bruins. That's what I'm pulling for. Um, so give it give it to me. Five three Bruins beat the Blues. It's going to be a shootout. Um, Bruins uh, win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Golden State and Toronto. I know every. Do you care about that at all? Uh, I actually I do. Um, okay. I, I really am more concerned about how how Matt knows hockey because he doesn't ever talk about it. That's the, that's the great thing, Derek. Is when you're a gambler, uh, you you, you kind of pick right. up things. I guess I don't know. Right. Listen, I'm not going to say that I'm you're sleeping. He's studying. Yeah. I don't have a passion for hockey. Right. But uh, I like to gamble on it because it's a game. I will tell you that it's been a it's been a hell of a series to watch. I I don't know. It has been good. I mean, playoff hockey is second to none, in my opinion. It's the best. I mean, I still think when we get out to Vegas, I want to go to a Golden Knights game, but they're tough to get in. You know, it just seems like we're always playing. They're always playing at the wrong time when we're out there. I've never been to a live NHL game. I know, Tony, you've probably been to some Dallas Stars yeah, yeah. games. Derek, you've been to Blackhawk games, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I have never been to a live NHL game, which is something I'd like to do. But moving along, neither here nor there. Give me Bruins in seven, five to three in the final score shootout against the Blues Stanley Cup title. Um, let's talk a little NBA, and then we're going to talk U.S. Open. Golden State and Toronto battling in game six and game seven. Um, so we all know KD went down. He's out not only for this year, but probably out for more than likely for next year with the torn Achilles, but it's still the golden state warriors. And I don't care what anybody says. They're going back to Oracle in game six mortgage, the house that, that golden state wins game <laughs> six. I mean, there is no, don't way actually they mortgage won. the house. Don't, don't do it. But ahead, if you man. want to, you can. So, uh, guys, they haven't won a game in the NBA Finals at Oracle yet. So they're going to win Game Six. This thing's going to seven. And if we're if we're talking an elimination game, to, one game for all the marbles, I'm not betting against Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers. I'm just not going to do it. So I think Golden State's going to go back to back. They're going to take care of business and and Oracle. They're going to go to Toronto. That's a tough place to play right now. The fans. are and Canada want that title. I know Mitch Hoopé wants himself an NBA title. He probably doesn't even know what basketball is. But, yes, I'm going to take Golden State. They're going to wrap it up. So last lock play uh, for anybody who is talking U.S. or wants to talk U.S. Open golf. Um, 
my initial thought process was to take John Rom for tw- for a twenty five dollar play. That's plus twenty two fifty. It's going to net you five hundred and sixty three dollars. That's my <laughs> first thought, John Rom. But after I consulted my betting team, uh, my betting consigliere, Bo McVeigh, he's like, look, dude, I, I like the ROM pick, but there's no way that the big three, one of the big three, is not going to win this tournament. And by the big three, I mean Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, and Dustin Johnson. So we actually, as a team, myself, Freeland, and uh, Bo, we each are chopping this. We put $25 each in. Um, we're taking each one of the big three. Brooks Kepka would pay $375 on a $25 bet. He's plus $750. Tiger's going to get you $525 if he wins the U.S. Open. He's plus $1050. And the one and only from Myrtle Beach, Dustin Johnson. Um, he has the best odds of all the big three. In fact, is the tournament favorite uh, to win the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, plus 700. So we're chopping all that. those up. Yep. So, uh, and I scratched that. So we're playing those for 50 each. So those those tournament values or those those values are for a $50 play. So we're upping the value there on the big three. Um, so my, my long shot play at Pebble beach and, and I'm going with Graham McDowell. And the reason why I'm going with Graham McDowell is he was the 2009 champion, right? Doing a little research. He won at Pebble beach, the 2009 U S open. And, and he's been playing well so far this year. I think he's made like 14 out of 16 cuts. Um, he's playing better than he has ever, uh, since that 2009, right? He hit a doldrum. He's, he's been playing pretty rough, but this year has been a, I would say probably a breakout year for him. So give me Graham McDowell. If you're playing any fan duel, maybe drop him in the lineup for $8,800. You can get him cheap. So mark it down. McFadden's locks of the week. We'll review those and see how much of an idiot I am, uh, next week when we podcast. Man, we will have some good stuff to review next week just to see, so you do have the John Rom bet though, right? That's yeah, a live so, wager. So so what happened there is I actually put that play in and then Bo, the consigliere of gambling, basically said, No, <laughs> we're going with the big three and shifted gears on me. But we still had to play that Rom play because look, dude, if Rom does end up winning, then we're gonna that's kind of our backup play, Jeez. right? So yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let John Rom cost us a win. So we do have Rom, we have DJ, we have Tiger, and we have Brooks Kepka. Is blow a ch- is blow a chalk guy? No, I just think that I, I I you know I know I caught some flack on earlier episodes about Brooks, right? But you guys are right. I I I, I think he's a major guy. He he gets up for the majors. He just teased everybody at the Canadian this last week and just didn't didn't really he wasn't up there, right? But he did play the tournament, so um, you can't bet against him at this point. I think you can't bet against any of those three. And so after consulting Bo. Um, he basically said, this is the direction we're going to go, but we'll keep the ROM play just to make you feel good, McFadden. I, I have to just make one comment. I, I feel like John Rom's going to win just because you're going to win $563. Not an even amount, just 563 <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it – plus 2250 D-Hart, $25. You do the math. It's actually 562 but for some strange reason, they rounded up to 563 So I'll take the extra dollar. Well, good luck take, on that, man. Take the juice. Yep. All there right, you go, so, folks. If you want to make a little, uh, win some points in your tournament, uh, tournament games, uh, play that action. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Matt. I've always wanted to kind of get your breakdown of every possible gambling wager. Next week, we'll <laughs> talk about uh, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, maybe. Ooh, yeah. We'll save that for another day. Derek's my UTH coach. He's my coach. So much stuff for next week. 
All right, finally this week, uh, we're going to talk about idiots in the news. And idiots in the news uh, is something I'd like to share with each of us on the podcast every once in a while. I hope it'll be a regular spot. Uh, But this particular story affected me so much, I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Because I feel like the person, this young man, stole my idea that I've been sitting on for years. And the fact that it wasn't successful makes me rethink. So there's a 16-year-old young man in Canada who's pulled over for speeding, going 106 miles per hour. And his excuse to the policeman was he had too many hot wings and he needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, number one or number two? That's number two. That's a, that's a deuce. That's a deuce, D-Hart. <laughs> he did not get away with it. Okay, uh, I've I've had that loaded up in my glove compartment box of excuses forever. I mean, there's been times when that's been a real issue that I was going to tell the officer if I got pulled over, but it's also been a half truth that I was going to share with the police person if I was to get pulled over. And now I'm feeling like maybe it won't work. It didn't work for this kid. He was 16. Why can't the cop cut him a little bit of slack? He was going. 106, maybe. I mean, don't pass go. Don't grab your $200. I mean, he's probably going to jail for that one, right? 106. Uh, the, the news story said he was probably in a 55. He was he was fined an, an enormous amount of, uh, of money for that. But uh, in the state of Kansas, that's considered reckless driving. So, I mean, that you, you can basically be taken to jail for that. He only got a ticket which I feel like you're going to get a ticket either way if you're going that much over the speed limit. But I've driven I've driven in DFW. Uh 106 is the normal speed limit there, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean that's just that's what we like to call going with the flow in in, in DFW. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think he uh, he lost his license too, right? Or was suspended for a while. Had to. Where was yeah. this kit? Where was this at? Canada. Oh. In Manitoba, <laughs> Manitoba. Maybe it's maybe Mitch knows him. Maybe. So I, I got to tell you guys something. I mean, I, I, you guys obviously know I drive and commute quite a bit to work, and this is a real problem for me because between my house and work, there is literally two stops, and mm. there's been numerous numbers of times where I've it really contemplated like not being able to stop, or I, I've had to contemplate because. I've had to go, and there is no place to stop. So it's pedal to the metal and deal with the ticket later. I mean, mm. you just, unless you're uh, <laughs> unless you're uh, you're planning on losing a pair of shorts. I, I, mean, I don't know if we have enough time for one story, uh, but I was bowling a tournament. I was gonna go say, ahead. Yeah, I was going to say save it uh, All right, because we can save it. I want us to, want us to continue that. It some for some reason down the road because uh, we've all been pushed to the limit before in this situation. I think as take a it, as a male, take it to the limit. Yes, it's all good. I'll hold it. I will. I will. No pun intended. I will hold it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, I'm pretty sad though that that didn't work. Maybe it'll work in the USA and Canada. Just ain't having it, but. Uh, I still plan to use that someday, and I'm going to let you guys know when I do 
how it worked out. I hope I get arrested to at least make that story better. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was really the truth that time, not the half truth. Either way, coming up this week, we got the PWBA Fountain Fountain Valley, California. Can't wait to review that and see how all of our new wagers are doing and uh, just find out how the fantastic Lady Pros bowl again this week. See if Shannon O'Keefe can keep up her hot streak or if we're going to get a new champion. For sure, guys. And don't forget, don't forget, check them out on Bowl TV. We got qualifying all week. All week. Great stuff. And uh, again, next week we will finish up our conversation on video games. You're going to get the top five. A couple of those might be mine, less for the other guys. But it was a true ranking. Everyone voted. I don't know what these are talking about. Fans, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, too, uh, coming out this week. Uh, maybe we can even get some of your opinions on your top ten of video games. Yes. Drop it. Ow. Drop it on there. Also, Twitter. Drop us Drop us a line on Twitter. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. A great week. Lots of good segments. And we are out at a range podcast. Thanks so much. See you next week.